defeated. Uh, so here, when we look at these last seven plagues here, these are seven uh, golden vials, uh, and these golden vials are full of the wrath of God. And God's wrath is going to be poured out in chapter 15 and 16, uh, they are, uh, we have the preface. In chapter 15, we have the performance in chapter 16. Uh, and so tonight we're going to go through this uh, quickly, uh, otherwise we won't get through all seven plagues. Uh, but I want you to see several things before we even get into the plagues here. Uh, let's look again at verse number one, Revelation 16, 1. And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. I want you to see, first of all here, this great voice. Uh, there was a great voice uh, that was speaking, uh, and this great voice, it originates uh, from a temple that is in heaven. So now we have a great voice, it's a heavenly voice, and it's coming from the heavenly temple, and it is, it is giving instruction. So this great voice commands the seven angels to fulfill their duty. Everything that God has made has a duty. We can go back to Genesis and everything that God has created, there was an expectation of that creation to reproduce. There was an expectation for everything that God did, it was going to reproduce and it was going to give glory to God. All things were made for his good pleasure, uh, and uh, for his pleasure they are and were created. So here we have this great voice. These angels that have been created, they were created with a purpose as well, and now he is telling them to fulfill that purpose. Now, uh, they are going to, uh, to fulfill their duty in the deliverance of God's wrath. You know, everybody's duty is not the same. It's not the same. You think about Gabriel. He got to go tell about the coming Savior. He got to declare to Mary that she was with child. I mean, uh, she, Gabriel had some wonderful things to tell. These angels, they are bringing judgment. And I am sure that they have brought God glory throughout uh, up until this point. Uh, but here we see them uh, with a job uh, that was given to them to pour out the wrath of God upon the earth. So we have this great voice. Uh, now with this, uh, this, this voice uh, is, is crying, uh, it is telling them to pour out the wrath of God. Now the martyrs on the earth had suffered at the hand of the evil one. And at the hand of evil, the hand of Satan, they had been uh, killed. And now, uh, in Revel go back, hold your place here, go back to Revelation 6. Revelation 6. Uh, and I want you to see here uh, just how God's justice uh, works. God, God is a long-suffering God. Aren't you glad I'm sure glad God doesn't treat me like I treat other people. I just expect things to be done. I mean, it's just, okay, you, this is what needs to be done. Do it. 
uh, you knew you weren't supposed to do that. What do you expect? This is, I mean, we, we are not near as long-suffering as with others as God is uh, with us. But Revelation 6, verse 9, it says, And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true? Dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled." So here the martyrs and the blood of the martyrs had been crying out to God for justice. And God's answer to them was, a little time, we're going to wait. There are going to be some more martyrs. There are some of your brethren who also are going to uh, uh, spill their blood uh, for the the testimony of Christ. Uh, But now, in Revelation 16, is the time. Now is the time when that blood is going to be avenged. Judgment now has been called for. That great voice has spoken, and we'll see the answer. Uh, Revelation 16, 17, go back there. Uh, Revelation 16, uh, verse 17, we'll get to it in a little bit, but here I want you to see this. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, it is done. What is it? Uh, those, those martyrs, uh, they were crying out for justice uh, to be avenged for their blood that was shed. Uh, and God had told them it was going to be a little bit of time and others were going to uh, spill their blood. Uh, but then we get to the end of chapter 16. And what do we find? We find it's done. God's judgment is going to, to, to uh, uh, be fulfilled. Uh, so we see the, uh, we hear the heavenly voice, and then we see that it was in the heavenly temple. Now, the heavenly temple, this is the figure of the true. Remember last week, uh, we were talking about, in Hebrews, talking about the altar uh, that was in heaven. uh, And that uh, the tabernacle on earth was a figure of the true. And if the instruments that were in the tabernacle uh, that uh, were in heaven uh, and uh, the ones that were on earth were just an image, of the true, just a replica of the true, then we know that this temple here is representing uh, that same temple uh, that would have been the true. Uh, So this heavenly temple, uh, and in that temple, we know that it was filled with smoke. That that temple was filled with smoke. Verse number 1 Uh, It uh, said here, and a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, go your way, pour out the wrath of God, the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. Now, uh, the Bible tells us in Isaiah 6, 4, and the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. 
Ezekiel 10, then the glory of the Lord went up from a cherub and stood over the threshold of the house, and the house was filled with the cloud, and the court was full of the brightness of the Lord's glory. So here we see that the smoke, uh, that uh, uh, the temple uh, was filled with the glory of God, and that the smoke that is going to be uh, revealed here, uh, it is is showing uh, God's glory and God's power. So now let's get into these seven vials. I want you to see, first of all, the judgment of the sores. The judgment of the sores. Now look at verse number 2, Revelation 16 and verse number 2. You guys need to hurry up a little bit or we're not going to get finished. All right, Revelation chapter 16, look at verse 2. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image. Now, notice the object of these sores. Uh, the, the object was though, were those who had the mark of the beast and who had worshipped his image. So important that we see God, God warns about coming judgment. God is not an unjust God who just comes at people and punishes them without any instruction, without any teaching. God has given us so much. He has given us his word. He has given us his creation that points to him. He gives gives us, uh, uh, he has written it on the tables of man's heart. Nobody will ever stand before God and say that God was an unjust God. Nobody will ever be able to do that. Why? Because God is a just God. But in his justice and in uh, the teaching that he has given, he will, hold a, he will hold the world accountable. And so we can choose our actions, but we cannot choose our consequences. These people, they could choose to reject God. They could choose to reject the existence of God. They could choose to reject uh, the, the, the authority of God. Uh, they could re- choose to reject the instruction of God and the warnings of God. But they cannot choose what the result is going to be. Revelation 14, verse 6 The Bible tells us this, And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel, to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment is come. And worship Him that made heaven and earth and sea and the fountains of water. Uh, They were given that instruction and they rejected it. And now with that, the wrath of God is being poured out. God is a righteous judge. He's just. He is righteous altogether, and he does have that uh, that final say. Uh, But with that, the fierceness of this wrath, uh, the word noisome, it's the word uh, kakos, and, and it literally means injurious. So this noisome pestilence, when I think of noise, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of toddlers. 
Uh, I'm thinking of uh, some of uh, some of your children uh, and uh, uh, some of my grandchildren. Uh, noise them, uh, but but here this word isn't just noisy. This word literally is a word for injury. It is something that just comes at you. the The sound, uh, the sound that we we have, uh, it it can be a distance away, and we can hear it. Uh, this is is a injurious uh, sores that are put upon. They are grievous sores. Now, the word grievous there is literally just bad. It is just not good. It is bad. Everything intrinsically bad. Uh, if it was referred to a person, it, it, is, it is a bad or an evil person. And so this bad uh, sore, it's as bad as it gets. These all of the judgments up until this point are nothing compared to these last seven. These are the fullness of God's wrath. And so if men will not repent of their sin, they will suffer that pain. Revelation 9.20, the Bible says, And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of their uh, of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, ne- which neither can see nor hear nor walk, neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. And God says, These people are going to experience that first vial. And that was the vial of sores, that judgment of sores. Secondly, let's look at that second judgment, uh, uh, verse number 3. Verse number 3, Revelation 16. And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as blood uh, of a dead man. And every living soul died in the sea. Wow. The sea is full of life. Have you ever been out on the ocean? I'm not talking about on the bay. Been out on the ocean. We would go we would go fishing and we'd jump on a charter and go 30 miles offshore. And that wasn't even too far offshore, but 30 miles offshore. And, you, and you're on this 65-foot charter, and you can put 30 guys on this charter, and you're standing at the dock looking at this boat and thinking, man, this thing's huge. You get out 30 miles offshore, and you can't see land in any direction. And all you see is water. And then you see you go up on top of a roller, and you see a little bit farther, and then you go down, and that whole, that whole boat is down in the middle of a roller. And you just see water on the sides. Unbelievable. The entire sea is blood. This second angel pours out this vial, and I don't know what kind of, uh, some commentary said, uh, the chemicals that must have been poured out to make this water blood. There, there wasn't a chemical, there is God. 
And God is just pouring out his wrath and the symbolism of what is being poured out. Now, all of the, the sea is as the blood of a dead man. And all that was in the sea died. Blood stinks. There is a stench. We used to slaughter animals as a child. Growing up, taking care of animals. And my, my parents always told us, don't name them. Our first few hogs, Stewie, Link, and Sausage. They thought if we named them food, it would help uh, keep it in our minds that they weren't pets. It didn't work. But when slaughter day came, and the week after, there was a stench. And in this sea, as that wrath of God was poured out, and not only the blood of the sea, but all that was in there, the stench of blood and death and rot and decay, the filth, the stench of all of that, the stain of all of that. We see these sores with the first vial. We see the sea and the judgment of the sea with this second. Thirdly, I want you to see the judgment of the sowers. The judgment of the sowers. Look back at verse number 4. Uh, Revelation 16, 4. The Bible says, And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of the waters, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the water say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shalt be, because thou hast judged thus. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. And I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. So the, the, the judgment of the sea, that was all salt water. But now we have the judgment of the fresh water. This is the drinking water. And here, as that, uh, that fresh water, uh, that drinking water, uh, the judgment that was coming, you see, the bloodthirsty are now given blood to drink. Those that were thirsty for the blood of the saints, those that were bloodthirsty to have the prophets killed, now God says you desired blood, you were bloodthirsty, now you will have blood to drink. Sort of reminiscent of Egypt, isn't it? You go back to the plagues of Pharaoh's plagues, and, uh, and what do we find? We find that there, the rivers were turned uh, to, to blood. Uh, Job 4.8, the Bible says, Even as I have seen that they that plow iniquity and sow wickedness reap the same. The principle of sowing and reaping proves true again. It proves true. 
even in judgment. God's the same. He's always the same. So this principle is there. And they were worthy of this terrible judgment. And you think, well, what could a person do that would cause them to be worthy of this judgment? God is, he has given us these statements. These individuals, they deserve this judgment. They were guilty of the blood of the saints and prophets, and they were given blood to drink. Reject the forgiving blood, and you will be left with the judging blood. You know what? We just need to trust God. If you're not saved tonight, you need to accept the Lord as your Savior. He said, well, pastor, I've been in church uh, for years. That's not what I said. You need, if you're not saved, you need to get saved. We, church membership isn't getting anybody out of the, this judgment. Getting baptized isn't going to get anybody out of the judgment. The only thing that's going to get somebody out of the judgment of God is the blood of Christ. And when we reject the blood and what Christ has done and that gift that he has given, we see how God uses that same blood, not Christ's blood, but that same symbol as a judgment against mankind. Revelation 16, 6, For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. Genesis 4, 10, And he said, What, what hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. Blood all through Scripture reveals judgment. Bible tells I've been reading in uh, Leviticus this morning and just going through uh, the life of the flesh is in the blood. Uh, God, God uh, holds blood very highly. So we have the sores, we have the seed, we have the sowers. Uh, they sowed blood, they drank blood. Fourthly, we see the judgment of scorching heat. Look at verse number eight. He said, uh, and the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire, and men were scorched with great heat, and blasphemed the name of God, which hath power over these plagues, and they repented not to give him glory. They repented not. God used the sun, he used fire, he used great heat, and the judged blaspheme the holy name of God. You would think that they'd be crying out for mercy. You would think that in that judgment that they would see and sense their error. But it's been too late. They cursed God. They repented not. How deceived they have become the demonic influence that they would not see the righteous judgments of God and seek repentance. They would not give God glory that was due Him. So here we see the sores, we see the seas, we see the sowers, the scorching heat. Number five, five we see the judgment of the seat. The judgment of the seat, Revelation uh, 16.10 
And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seed of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness. And they gnawed their tongues for pain. So that first, uh, that first judgment, they're still experiencing pain. All right, that has not gone away. Uh, so, uh, and his kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues for pain and blasphemed the God of heaven because their pains and their sores and repented not of their deeds. This is the seat of the beast. So uh, with that, we had Satan. Satan is the dragon. Uh, we had the beast. He is the Antichrist. And then, of course, uh, the false prophet. And that is the unholy trinity. Uh, so here, uh, this beast, the seat of this beast, it's representing his seat of power. Uh, this is the throne of the beast or the Antichrist, the place from where he rules down here on earth. Uh, and Revelation 13, it says, and they worship the the dragon, which gave power unto the beast, and they worship the beast, saying, who is like unto the beast, who is able to make war with him? And what do we find? We find that this beast is, is perceived as being uh, one who, who is uh, uh, invincible. He has so much power. Who is able to stand against him? Who is able to make war against him? And now all of a sudden, when God makes war against him, we see how small he is. We see how now the world will see that the Antichrist has no power when, in comparison to God's power. And all that Satan can put forth is going to come to absolute naught. And the beast, at one point, he seemed invincible, yet now his power, his throne, his kingdom is being, it's in darkness. And not just darkness symbolically as, as evil, we're talking as in invisible, you cannot see. Having no influence. You know, when we are in dark, there is something about darkness that gets everybody. It, it'll get everybody. I'm not, start, I'm not afraid of the dark. Okay. Absolute darkness. How many have ever been down in a, a cave in absolute darkness? I mean, I've been down, I don't remember which caves they were, but we were way down underground. They told us to hold on to something because you weren't going to be able to even stand up straight because you had no point of reference. And I thought, this is dumb. I was a teenager. <laughs> they turned those lights out and I put my hand right here and I could not see anything. The darkness that God is going to give will be a heavier, thicker, fearful darkness. I was walking through the auditorium the other day and I started to walk through. All the lights were out. Brother Rick was working over here. And I started walking through and I was out in the light, so my eyes had not, they had not uh, acclimated to the darkness. And I got partway through those doors, and I said, 
if Brother Rick's in here, he's going to scare me. He's going to grab me. So I backed up. I literally backed up, flipped the light on just to make sure he wasn't in here. And then I flipped it back off and walked through. Uh, And, you know, this darkness, this great darkness, uh, and he is unrecognizable, unable to be seen. And uh, and in this, uh, he blasphemed the God of heaven. uh, They blasphemed the God of heaven because of the pains and sores and repented not of their their deeds. And uh, here, so we see these sores and the seeds and the sowers and the scorching heat and the seat of Satan, the seat of the Antichrist here is going to uh, be destroyed. It is going to be uh, in darkness, that judgment. Number six, I want you to see the judgment of the streams. The judgment of the streams. Now, verse number 12, we'll read down through verse 16. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates. Very important river in the Bible. And the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. Remember that thought here. And I saw three unclean spirits, like frogs, come out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. And so now we have these these, uh, three unclean spirits, one coming from each of the unholy trinity, and they are the spirits of devils working miracles, which goeth forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he which that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he was walk naked, and they see his shame. And he gathered them to the place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. So, this stream, it is a judgment on the river Euphrates. Now, the river Euphrates is the river, and rivers are boundaries. The river uh, was the uh, eastern, uh, it was the eastern uh, uh, border of Babylon. And with that, you have the Euphrates River coming down. And that Euphrates River, uh, it was, no, Babylon was just on the other side of the Euphrates River. Uh, and, and with that, what we find is these kings of the east were now going to converge on Israel. These three evil spirits, they were going to the whole world to converge, to bring battle against Israel. And so this river Euphrates drying up, it was going to give place to these enemies to come up against Israel. You know, God can use evil for good. I am sure that the beast and the false prophet and and the dragon, uh, they were all thinking, okay, we've got victory. Here's our chance. The the river Euphrates is dried up. Now we have no problem. Uh, And you look at these these, uh, uh, countries who are on the east of uh, of that uh, great river. It's Iran and Iraq and Afghanistan and Pakistan and India and China. All of those are on the east 
east side of, uh, of the Euphrates River, uh, enemies of God's people and uh, that location of battle, uh, it's declared. The word am, uh, uh, Armageddon, it comes from two Hebrew words, uh, Har Megiddo. Har is hill of and Megiddo uh, is place of troops. It is uh, or place of slaughter. And so here they are going to gather together to this place called Armageddon. And whether it's the actual place of battle or staging point, the reality is God is going to use this judgment to bring them to a place of judgment. They are going to come up against God's people and God will then bring judgment. So we see the sores and the sea and the sowers, the scorching heat. We see the seat uh, of the uh, beast. We see the stream, uh, the, uh, the river Euphrates, uh, how it is going to be uh, dried up so the enemies can come. And then we will see judgment of seismic activity number seven. In verse number 17, and I'll hasten here. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, It is done. And there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake and so great. And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found, and there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent, and men blaspheme God because of the plague of hail, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. So here, this last judgment, it was a earthquake. This earthquake, it leveled the mountains. It divided uh, the mountains. We see that there was, there was a falling of, of the kingdoms, and the kingdoms of the earth are devastated. Uh, Satan's kingdom, Satan's seat, the God of this world, the little g God of this world, is experiencing the wrath and destruction, and Satan's entire system is being judged. His religious system, and we will look at that next week as we look at the harlot of Revelation 17. Then we'll look at the political and economic system in Revelation 18 and then the military system in Revelation 19. That great city that is being destroyed here is Babylon. All the powers and the evil uh, of that, that great city, verse 19, uh, was divided into three parts and the cities of the nation fell. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. So, back in Revelation 14, verse 8, we found, And there followed another angel, saying, Babylon is fallen, fallen. 
What is that? That's, that is a double uh, uh, declaration of that judgment. Uh, God, God, it has fallen. It has fallen. Uh, and, and with that, the Bible says that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And so that same great city, Babylon, is now that great city here that is experiencing uh, that great wrath of God. So the city, the system, uh, that seismic earthquake that has come, the storm that they are experiencing, hailstones, the, the weight of a talent. I've been in some hailstorms, but nothing compared to what some places have had. People talk about hailstones the size of golf balls. I've seen videos where they were size of softball. The weight of a talent is 125 pounds. Can't even imagine the destruction. But what we find here is this is God's wrath being poured out. And in this, men blasphemed God. Men without God Blaspheme God. Without Christ, you and I would blaspheme God. Say, well, I would respond differently. If we were in this place, we would probably respond just like they did. We're not the exception to the rule. And here, what do we find? Is that we want to tell as many people as we can about the goodness of God. He's a wonderful Savior. And He loves like you can never be loved by anybody else. And He forgives and He cares and He shares our burdens. He gives us opportunity to serve and to be a part of a mission that matters. And the mission we're given to go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, is to keep as many people out of these judgments. Out of the lake of fire, Revelation 20. And here we have opportunity. We get, to, we get to see. We get to go to the end of the book and find out what happens. Let's back up and make sure we tell everybody we can so they don't go there. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Thank you for your glorious word and uh, how you have given us so much. Help us to take the truths that we learn and apply them in our lives not to allow just, uh, just the uh, knowledge to be there, but Lord, that we would take it and be encouraged and challenged, uh, Lord, to do something about it. And so help uh, this group of people, help us as a church, help us uh, as your, your followers, as your disciples, help us, uh, Lord, to follow 
your guidelines and uh, the principles you give us to live by. Uh, and may we help expand your kingdom. So I pray that you bless now. You know the needs of each heart. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Listen.